Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you take a moment to give God some praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Sister Gabby. Hallelujah. Glory. He is worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is time to preach. Hallelujah. Again, to all the mothers, to all the potential mothers, happy Mother's Day. God's favor, God's blessing be upon you. We are picking up where we left off last week. We are still dealing out of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. And again, I'm, I'm not going to complete it today, so, so that would be at least a part three. Amen. But I think that you will be blessed by the message today. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles with you, join us as we read out of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And it reads as such in our hearing. In the year that King Uzziah died, in a vision, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the skirt of his train, of his robe, filled the most holy part of the temple. Hallelujah. Above him stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with two each covered their face, their own face. With two each covered his feet, with two they flew. Hallelujah. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Hallelujah. Then I said, woe is me, for I am undone, ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Amen. Let us pray. Father, even now, hmm, let us see you this morning. In spite of whatever we may be facing, in spite of whatever life has thrown at us, help us to recognize that you still reign. You are sovereign. Help us this morning to be still and know that you are God. Lord, speak to us. Through your spirit, speak to us. Move me out of self and allow the anointing, allow your presence, allow the Holy Spirit to fall fresh on all of us, no matter where we may be, in our place of watching this, in the bedroom, in the living room, in the kitchen, let your spirit fall fresh 
on us this morning. Lord, speak. Lord, speak. Lord, speak. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As stated last week, Isaiah has been thrown in confusion. In fact, the whole nation has been thrown in confusion. They're the one that they depended on, the king that they looked up to, the king that had lifted Israel up to prosperity. And, 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 and even though it was God blessing them, they saw that it was, or they thought it was Isaiah. It was never him. God just worked through him. But Israel had gotten kind of cardinal in their thinking, thinking that, that them by themselves have lifted themselves up. And now that their leader has died, now that he was gone, what in the world was they going to do? It's kind of like what is happening in the world today, that, that we had thought we had it made. We thought that we were successful. We thought that we had it going on, but this little virus has turned things upside down, inside out, and many of us are wondering what we're going to do, who we're going to call, what's going to help us. God shows up when we need him the most. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the bright and morning star. He is the lily in the valley. He is everything you need when you need him. We need to see him high and lifted up. And this morning, I entitled this that Jesus is our all in all. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let me, let me dig a little bit deeper. Let me dig a little bit deeper. Look at our text. And, and in our text, as Isaiah saw him, he sees the seraphims. And, and these seraphims are different than cherubims. There are ranks of angels. And, and these, cherub, these seraphims are not above him, but they are above his robe, his train. See, nothing sits higher than him. <laughs> He is high and lifted up, and Isaiah don't see his face, but he sees the pre-incarnated Christ. That is Christ before he comes to earth in a human form, sitting high as God on a throne in control. And look what it says. It says, and his train. What does it mean? It means that, that the train represents his glory, filled the entire temple. The temple that he sees is Israel's temple, and he sees God in the holies of holy. And watch this. He sees him above the mercy seat. The ark had the top of it was the mercy seat. Listen, Jesus has always been the mercy seat. He is the picture of mercy. Our mercy only comes from him. The Old Testament is him. The lamb in the Old Testament is a picture of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything is a picture of Jesus. Manna is a picture of Jesus. Listen, if you want to see Jesus, you see him all through the Old Testament. And here you see him, and he is the mercy seat. And, and what Isaiah says, he sees the angel six angels and they are around him and it says with two feet they cover
cover the two wings that cover their feet. Why? Because he's holy. Hallelujah. With two wings that cover their face. Listen, they stand in awe of him. He is so glorious that these majestic beings, these awesome beings, these spiritual beings can't even look upon him. Hallelujah. Then it says that with two wings they flew. They hovered in the air and they cried out. It was like they was chanting to one another. It's like three of them said, holy, holy, holy. The other one said, holy. They was going back and forth, holy, holy, holy. Listen, this scene really, I, I, I do not have the words to describe it. It is beyond description. I really can't tell you how awesome it is. I really can't show you. Look, look what this says. Our, our verse, it says, and the foundation shook. Yeah. Listen, not the walls shook. The foundation shook. Do you know what God is doing today? He's shaking people's foundations. <laughs> see, see, when your foundation shakes, it means that whatever you're standing on is not able to hold you. It's not able to keep you. That you better find something else to believe in. You, you better find something that is sure. My, my, my God, uh, what he's saying is that if your foundation is being shook today, then you need to find a foundation that can hold you. Jesus is a rock. Hallelujah. He is the one foundation that can't be shaken by anything. Listen, if you are a believer and you are allowing what's happening on the outside to shake your faith, you need to, you need to stir up your faith. You need to stir up who you're looking at. You need to take your eyes off of Trump and put it on Jesus. You need to make sure that you're getting in the word, that you're praying, that you set your eyes on him that is able to keep you even in the midst of this storm. Even in the midst of the storm. I think that it was very strategic of God to show Isaiah this at this time. Why? Because Isaiah is being called as the prophet above all the prophets in Israel. He had the voice that the nation needed to listen to. His word was the word that was going to set them straight and that was coming from God and was going to help them make it through the next coming years. In fact, some people believe that Isaiah, that the book of Isaiah, 66 books, is there was two Isaiahs or three Isaiahs. One of the reasons is because of the prophecies in Isaiah were so exact that he named king a king in the future 100 years before him. They even said that his writing changed. I don't think so. I think it's only one Isaiah. And the reason why I say that is because of this vision he sees. In this vision that he sees, it imprinted itself on his heart. Isaiah saw him as holy. He uses holy one of Israel 
29 times in this book. From verses, verse from chapter 1 to 39, he uses it 12 times. From verses 40 to 66, he uses it another 17 times. Well, what, what am I saying? This is what I'm saying. What he saw was so in, imprinted on him that, that, that it stamped him. It sealed him that wherever he went to, whatever he saw, he still saw God high and lifted up. He saw him as the Holy One. See, once God show you himself, you don't forget what you see. Hallelujah. See, listen, listen, listen. What he is to me is different than what he is to you. My experience with him is different than your experience with him. Listen, you don't have to have my experience. You need to have your own experience. Do you have an experience with Jesus that is beyond just head knowledge? Has he gotten down into your heart? Has he gotten down into your spirit? The woman with the alabaster box didn't care what nobody had to say. Hallelujah. Thank you for that song. Listen, listen, listen. She, she interrupted a party that she wasn't invited to. Why? Because her heart was overflowing because of the love of Jesus. Listen, she brought what she had. And even though, yes, ma'am, all that she had, and she broke it and poured it on him with her tears. See, when you know him, you don't mind serving him. When you know him, you don't mind giving. When you know him, you don't care what nobody has to say. You know for yourself he's good. Not just sometimes, but all the time. Listen, we as Christians, we as the church ought to know something. You got to get it down in your knower that no matter what happens, no matter what life throws at you, no matter what anybody else says, you know for yourself that your God is real. Do I have a witness in the house? Is there anybody that can testify with me that you know, that you know, that you know, and that you know it's so good that it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say, you know he's real. Hallelujah. We, we, we need him today. We need him to take us higher than we have ever been before. In Matthew 7, 24 to 27, it's, Jesus talks about foundations. That's what we're talking about. Foundations. What you believe should be able to keep you no matter what life throws at you. Your foundation, your knowledge that he's good, that he loves you. Can, can I go a little bit deep? If your situation changed your mind about Jesus, then you really don't know him as deeply as you should. <laughs> if, 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 if life circumstances make you doubt his love for you, and then, then you need to get a little bit deeper because once you know he loves you, listen, no matter what life throws at you, you know he got you in his hands. 
Hallelujah. Okay, let me go. Let me go just a little bit more. Let me go a little bit more. Listen, listen. See, he got to be more than what this life has to offer. To my brothers and sisters, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. If Jesus, the, the son of God, got incarnated, if he went to the cross, then, then listen, then trouble's going to come our way. Matter of fact, he told us we was going to go through trials and tribulation and persecution. He told us that these things was going to happen. But he said, be of good cheer because he overcame the world. So we're going to overcome the world. What are you looking at? Who are you looking at? What is the focus of your meditation? What is the focus of your belief? Listen, you got to believe that he has you in his hands. No matter what happens, he, he has you in his hands. Say that with me. He has me in his hands. He, he has, I know he got me in his hands. So no matter what happens, I'm in his hands. See, if I live, if I die, I'm in his hands. Listen, it's the potter with the clay that was able to break the clay, but he had the clay in his hand. I'm so glad I'm in his hands. My, my question today is, has God imprinted a vision of himself that goes beyond information? Is he so in your heart that you know that your experience with him is deep enough to hold you? Allow me to bring in Moses. Here Moses is in Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 3, Moses, it sees him as the burning bush. You know, this was so important because Moses had lost hope. He felt like he was the deliverer of his people, but God had taken so long because he spent 40 years in the backside of the mountain. You know, sometimes waiting is the hardest thing about our faith. When God has given you a promise, but it seems like it's not coming quick enough, I mean, you're waiting for the change. you waiting for a child to change. you waiting for God to get you out of a bad situation. And, and it seems like that God's not listening, like God's not doing anything. And you find yourself struggling just to maintain. Huh. Moses, 40 years, there's a car warning and, and, and the door has not opened. But unexpectedly, when he's tending sheep, he sees a bush burning. Did you know that God would show up? And watch this. The bush didn't speak to him. Moses had to stop what he was doing, turn aside, and go see what was happening. And when he investigated the burning bush, God spoke out of the bush and said, Moses, Take off your sandals because the ground you standing on is, is, is holy ground. Did you know wherever the Lord is is holy ground? That's why those angels, they flew because 
the train of the Lord was holy, so they flew, listen, not above him on the throne, but above his train that filled the temple. Hallelujah. He, he says something else in Isaiah chapter 6. He says this, he said, the whole earth is full of his glory. You know what God is doing? God is, through the church, filling the earth with his glory. He sees something that was present, but also it's a future prophecy of when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. I know it looks bad right now. I know that the world's gone crazy. But I want you to know today, God's not finished. Hallelujah. I, I think even in your own life, you need to say to yourself, he's not through blessing me. Uh-uh, he's up to something. It may not look good right now, but he's up to something. It may look like I'm going down for the third time, but my God is up to something. There, 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 there's something that is pushing us deeper. There's something that God is storing up. There's something that God is up to. There's something that God is bringing out, even of the church, that if this pandemic would not have happened, we would not see what God is bringing forth. Allow me to go one more. It is in Acts chapter 9, and it is the Apostle Paul who was the enemy of the church, the church's number one enemy. Listen, I don't care how bad somebody is. If God got purpose for them, He's going to knock them off their feet to wake them up. Here he is coming in to, to Damascus to destroy Christians. And, and though he had one agenda, God had another agenda. Did you know that God would step into your life right where you are? He would intervene. He would intercept. He would blow it up. He would, he would cause trouble to come in your life. And this is what it said. It said that he saw a light, and that light should shine on him and knocked him off the donkey. Hallelujah. Listen, God will pick you out of a crowd, speak to you, and nobody else hears him. Don't ever think that, that God only deals with crowds. He would deal with you on an individual level and show you something that nobody else sees. Hallelujah. He, he, he wants to speak to you. He wants to get your attention. He wants to, he wants to get you where, where you know that it's God and nobody else. And, and here he is blind on the ground. And the Lord said, so why you keep Kicking against. I, 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 I'm, I'm messing with your conscience. I'm pulling at your heartstrings. And you keep fighting me, Saul. Why are you fighting me, Saul? Well, why are you doing that? His name used to be Saul, but he changed it to Paul. So listen, so why are you kicking against what I'm trying to do in your life? Listen, some of you are trying to run. Quit running. God's trying to get your attention. God's trying to get your attention. Later on, what, what Paul says in the book of Philippians, after he's been running for the Lord, he said, he said, for me to live is Christ. He was really saying, he's my life now. After my experience with him, 
He has become my life. This morning, I was in the office, and, and after I, I went through this, I said, it's, it's amazing how God impressed on each of these individuals what he was to them. And I asked myself, well, what about me? Well, if I had to sum up in, in, a, in a few words what I see Jesus as. And, and I, I kind of was shocked because after I asked myself that, I said, he has proven to me and shown to me he's my all in all. Got to understand something. I entitled this yesterday. I did not ask that question of myself yesterday. I asked that question of myself this morning. And when I searched myself, I have to say that he's my all in all. And I said, wait a minute. How is it that I named this all in all yesterday, but I didn't ask the question until today? Then I realized something. God can set you up. <laughs> God had already orchestrated this sermon. God knew ahead of time I was going to ask the question and what my answer was going to be. Our God is just that bad. Hey, let me explain to you. He's my all in all because in everything he's been there. When I didn't have no one to go to, he turned out to be the one I could go to. When I felt like I was all by myself, he was my friend that stayed closer to than a brother. Oh, when I thought I was going to lose my mind, he became my mind regulator. When I thought my heart was too broken to live, he became my purpose, my running, my, my, my heart fixer. I want you to know he my all in all today. I want you to know that can't nobody change it. Can't no situation change it. I have found out that whatever I need, he shows up and becomes that in my life. Uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, but my God rocks me to sleep at night. When trouble got me up at night, he'll come and speak peace to me. He's my joy in the morning when it seems like I got nothing to have joy about. He's my song in the midnight hour. He's my bridge over troubled water. I seen him fix things that I thought was unfixable. I don't know how he does it, but he's everything. He's everything. He's my all in all, through all, in all. He's all, he's all, he's all. Jesus is my all today. Is what is he to you? What is he to you? If you let him show up, he'll show up and show out. He will meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. 
He's real. He's real. He's so real. He's realer than real. He's your all in all. He wants to be today. He wants to show up today. He'll meet you where you are today. He wants to bless you today. He wants to be whatever it is you need. Once he does that, he changes everything. Changes everything. I wish I had time to tell you my story. I'm the last person that should be preaching. He changed me. He touched me. He broke me. Then he loved me. Today, would you let him in? Will you open up your heart? Would you say, Lord, today I need you. Today, I give you my life. Today, Lord, I need you to be my mother. I need you to be my father. I I need you to be my life. It's God reaching out to his creation that has gone wayward. It's him called us back into relationship with himself. It's God saying, I made you for myself to delight in you, to show you who I am. It's God saying, I want to be your God, your Savior, your peace, your joy, your delight. I want to be your all in all. I want to be your all in all. My brother, my sister, let him in. Watch him just sweep over you. Watch him bind up your brokenness. Watch him love the hurt away. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I wouldn't be standing here today if he didn't do it for me. It's simply saying, Lord, I accept you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. Lord, come into my life. Lord, I need you. Will you do that? We say, Lord Jesus, today, come into my life. And if you do that, I want you to call the church. I want you to call. Let us know. Let's, we will get back with you. There's two numbers I'm going to give you. 513-271-8377. second number, 513-400-5131. Leave a message. We'll get back with you. Love you today. Praying for you today that you discover Jesus as you all and you all. The worship team is ready. Will you worship with them as they come now?